welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is a little bit of a shorter episode than I've been producing lately. This week I'm recording my talk for SMX Advanced and there just aren't enough hours in the day for me to accomplish everything that I need to do this week. So in podcast today, I'll just share the most important things that I learned in this week about SEO. This is episode number 184 of the podcast, which corresponds with our newsletter episode, which you can find at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. There's a lot more in newsletter this week than I'm going to be sharing in this podcast episode. So once again, we've had a bunch of turbulence in Google search results. I had a really interesting conversation with Danny Sullivan on Twitter this week, where Glenn Gabe and I were asking him about these mini updates that I've been talking about since January of this year. Glenn and I have been talking about this idea of Google decoupling algorithm updates. Um, Google told us in the past that if you were affected strongly by a core update, in most cases, you're not likely to see a full recovery or a decent recovery until Google runs a another core update. Yet Glenn was seeing sites that were hit by the December core update actually make what looks like a decent recovery when Google launched the product reviews update, which was not a core update. <laughs> That's a really interesting conversation and we probably could expand on that more, but I don't think that understanding exactly how Google is updating is as important as it used to be in the past. So Glenn asked Danny about the fact that sites were recovering even though there wasn't a core update. And Danny said, we haven't had a broad core update. He said, quote, we do announce those. That said, we have updates all the time. Sites can move around for smaller updates. Sites themselves make changes. Content overall changes that produces changes. <laughs> so to me, what Danny's saying is that ranking changes happen all the time. And yeah, sometimes we run these updates that are smaller in scale than core updates. Well, that doesn't really help us that much especially when clients come to us just noticing this slow traffic decline, which so many sites are seeing over the last few months or so. A lot of the sites that have seen these declines have them start on particular days that are common amongst many sites. If you've been listening to podcasts for a while, you know that pretty much every episode we've talked about which days that week we feel we've seen a lot of movement amongst sites that we monitor. And then we compare that information with what Barry Schwartz has noticed uh, with people chatting in SEO forums about potential updates. And I'm fairly certain that we can say that there are certain days on which Google's run some type of an update that's significant enough to notice, but maybe not as strong as a broad core update. One of these dates is March 29th. We've had a lot of sites come to us that are just very slowly losing traffic and the decline starts on March 29th. Well, this week, the significant date was between May 13th to 15th. And now I have not looked into the specifics uh, too long of sites that have improved or declined on this date, but it's really interesting to see that a good number of our past clients uh, who did not do well with this May update uh, and saw significant drops with this update were sites that we had removed a manual action for in the past. 
I'm going to explain in a minute my very early theory of what Google changed on May 13th to 15th. I think it's actually connected in some way to links. Now, I don't think that Google demoted these sites, uh, the sites that previously had manual actions. I think the first thought that comes to our head is that, oh, great, now the remaining unnatural links uh, that we didn't disavow before are, are causing some sort of a penalty or suppression. I think what, what happened was Google just once again got better at truly determining which links are recommendations that they should be counting in their algorithms. So in the same Twitter conversation, I asked Danny Sullivan whether he could confirm that Google was releasing more updates of significance lately. Not necessarily core updates, but just things that we should be paying attention to. And here's what he said, quote, Honestly, a lot of the times when everyone says there was an update, we're scratching our heads going, what? If we have updates we think might be broadly noticed or have actionable advice, we do try to share as we explained here. And then he shares Google's blog post on core updates, which is the subject of my SMX talk and really should be the main focus, in my opinion, of most SEOs work right now. Google's told us that the things in this blog post are really important when it comes to ranking. This is the blog post that asks questions that you can ask yourself about the level of expertise you're displaying or about whether your content adds significant value as compared to competitors. Did you know, I ran two Twitter polls this week. The first one, I asked whether people had worked on improving their core web vitals. Google's told us that these will be a ranking factor in June, and most SEOs agree that it's probably going to be a tiny ranking factor. Still, Google's told us it's something to work on, and so it didn't surprise me that most people have worked on their core web vitals. When you In this poll, when you remove the people who just clicked on see results or other, almost 70% of the 846 people who replied on this poll said that they've worked on improving their core web vitals. So then I asked in another poll, how many people have made changes based on Google's blog post on core updates? To me, this is the most important thing that Google has produced in years. There are so many clues in there as to what Google values in websites. My SMX talk is going to be talking a lot about how I think as SEOs, we don't really grasp how Google could do these things. And so we tend to just shrug it off and say, well, Google could never measure that. Well, in this poll, fewer than 30% of SEOs who answered have made any changes to their website based on this blog post. And those who did respond with a comment telling me what they did change, the changes that most of you have made have nothing to do with this blog post. They're more changes to improve your page speed or your core web vitals. So many of the people who were answering this question and said, yes, I've made changes based on Google's blog post on core updates, actually did not. There was one person who replied saying that they built out author bios based on what Google said in this post. This is good. This is actually a change that's related to things that Google suggested in this article. They suggest displaying the expertise of your authors uh, as well as you can. But working on the answers to the questions in this blog post is something that, in my opinion, contains months of work, even years of work for many websites. 
When we analyze websites through the eyes of these questions, it takes us two to three weeks to do so. And that's just the analysis. There are so many hints in this blog post on things that we can improve upon that Google could consider valuable and likely are much, much more important when it comes to ranking than core web vitals, in my opinion. Improving EAT is just half of this blog post. The other half is on improving on actually meeting the needs of searchers. And EAT, I should say, is so much more than just adding author bios. I saw in the news this week that Yoast has added capabilities to uh, add expertise-related schema to your site. That's a part of EAT, helping Google connect the dots to see that you really are experts, that you really are recommended by other people in your industry, that you really have been quoted by other experts in your industry. So Danny finished this Twitter conversation by saying the following. I'm going to quote him again. But we do have small updates that happen all the time. They can produce changes as any update might. Plus content itself is always changing and since ranking is dynamic, that causes changes even if we made no updates at all. So what happened on May 13th to 15th this month? This was a bigger one than some of these other blips that we've been seeing. I do think this was one of these small updates that Danny says happen all the time. I don't think this was just normal ranking changes for most sites. I think there's a good possibility that it's connected with MUM. You may not have heard of MUM. I'm going to talk about that in a second. I think it doesn't matter to determine exactly what Google changed or how they advanced at this time. My team and I had a really fun brainstorming session to try to figure out what we should call these dates on which we've seen a lot of movement in the Google SERPs that we monitor. We could call these mini updates as we have been, but I think a lot of these actually aren't updates. They might be just normal ranking changes, and there could be other possible reasons for more of them to happen on specific days. I've mentioned in the past that it could be that the knowledge graph updated, not necessarily Google's algorithms updating, but the knowledge graph updated, which means that Google's understanding of the entities in your circles might have changed. Or it could just be that competitors are now producing better content. Uh, well, that's not really an update, right? So if we call these mini updates, it's not really accurate. I was telling my team about back in 2015 or so, uh, when Glenn Gabe again coined the term phantom updates. I know many of you will remember that. Back then, we were used to dealing with updates with a very specific focus. But this isn't the age of Panda and Penguin being all that SEOs talk about these days. Back then it was. And then we had these big updates that seemed really significant, but Google told us nothing about them. So Glenn coined them at the time phantom updates. Well, it turns out that these actually uh, were core updates, and this was before Google was sharing with us that uh, whenever they launched a core update. Well, I think that what we're seeing in 2021 with all of these dates that I've been calling mini updates is very similar in that something is changing regularly and bit by bit, many sites are seeing pages that used to rank well consistently are just slowly slipping in rankings. So my team and I were trying to decide what to call these blips. <laughs> if we call them mini updates, well, they're not always necessarily updates. So my team's hilarious. They, they've been making GIFs and memes for my SMX talk uh, this week. 
I'll say, hey, I need a gift that shows this. And then one of my amazing, talented staff will just produce it. It's incredible. I have like a, a, a vending machine for memes now. <laughs> well, one of our newest staff, Jamie, came up with some really great names for these mini updates that aren't necessarily all updates. She suggested maybe we could call these dubious developments <laughs> or mystery modifications. Or my favorite, and the one that, that we kind of settled on as the best of these, was suspicious shifts. <laughs> but I realize now that that's a phrase that almost is, it's almost impossible to say out loud. Seriously, try it. <laughs> say it a few times and I guarantee you that you'll start swearing. <laughs> I have enough problems with mispronouncing regular words, so I don't think we're going to call these suspicious shifts because <laughs> uh, I can't talk about that regularly. So for now, I'm just going to say these are dates of increased turbulence. Uh, if you've got a better idea on what I should call these dates, then tweet at me, Marie underscore Haynes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. All right. I said this would be a shorter podcast. And uh, I have a lot to do in terms of finishing up my SMX presentation. So I just wanted to briefly touch on this announcement that we had out of Google I.O. Uh, this week about this thing called MUM. So here's my understanding of what we need to know about MUM. What MUM does is improve Google's understanding of language even further. In October of 2019, Google announced that they were using BERT. Now, we've all heard of BERT by now. I think we all know that BERT helps Google better understand language. So less than two weeks after Google announced that BERT was live in 2019, on November 8th, 2019, we had one of these unannounced significant shifts. <laughs> dates of turbulence. I'm going to call this one an update though, because something definitely changed on Google's side on that day. And what we saw was that many sites that had used relatively white hat link building tactics saw declines. So initially we thought that maybe Google had put some sort of suppression on these sites because of the link building, but disavowing doesn't seem to really help sites that have seen losses starting November 8th, 2019. Well, and, and we believe that BERT uh, at that time allowed Google to better understand language so that there was maybe less emphasis put on links uh, as recommendations. Well, MUM is apparently a thousand times more powerful than BERT. And it helps Google understand much more complex queries. And it sounds to me like it, it can even understand images and even grab answers to queries from content that's written in completely different languages. Google says, I'm going to quote from their uh, announcement on MUM. Today's search engines aren't quite sophisticated enough to answer the way an expert would. But with new technology called Multitask Unified Model, or MUM, M-U-M, we're getting closer to helping you with these types of complex needs. So the example that they gave was that soon in the future, we could take a picture of some hiking boots. And we could ask Google, are these good for climbing Mount Fiji? And Google can understand that query much better now. They can understand that this is a picture of hiking boots and they can gather information even, their example was even from Japanese websites uh, about Mount Fiji that would answer your query, but in English, if I'm understanding this correctly. So I don't think that SEOs need to understand the complexities of MUM. 
However, I do think that all SEOs need to recognize that Google just got even better at determining whether content is good and helpful and also what it is that the searcher is trying to accomplish. In the past, a good SEO could often make it so that mediocre content would rank relatively well by doing the right kinds of link building or what you know we thought were the right kinds of link building back then. I believe those days have passed. You absolutely must be producing the most helpful content of its kind if you want to rank in today's Google algorithms. And in most cases, you need to have appropriate EAT related signals for Google to pick up on, uh, to trust that your site really knows what it's talking about. Speaking of links, if you use the disavow tool at all or build links, I'd really encourage you to listen to last week's episode. It's a long one, almost an hour long, but I share eight years of experience using the disavow tool and how things have really changed over the years. The types of manual actions that we get today are drastically different than what I would see in 2013. And I went through in great detail my advice on whether or not disavowing is necessary uh, for different types of situations in 2021. We've since then published the written version of that podcast. I've linked to it in the show description. And I really would encourage you to give it a read. It's one of the most read pieces of content that we've produced in the last few years. I poured many hours into writing it and I really think it'll help a lot of people. If you're not sure whether you should be disavowing, this article really should help you. That's all I'm gonna cover for today. I'll be spending the rest of the day finishing up my SMX talk on Google algorithm updates and the quality raters guidelines and EAT. Also, I put a link in the description to where you can register for SMX Advance if you'd like to see that talk and be a part of the live Q&A that I'll be doing afterwards. We've got a lot more in newsletter this week. We talked about ADA compliance and how, although it's not a ranking factor, we believe that many of the things you do to make your website accessible to people with disabilities also makes your website better for users in general and that can indirectly impact rankings. We've got stuff on Google's video SEO best practices for e-commerce sites and very interesting stuff on how Google will be using machine learning to gather data when cookies aren't available. It's always a sad day when cookies aren't available. Well, it's been so busy in Google land lately that my Fortnite time has been drastically cut. But I did win a game last week, a solo game where I wore the skin, that's the costume, uh, that to me I call my Lily Ray skin. It reminds me so much of Lily. And I just recently got a Fortnite dance that's a DJ. So given that Lily's also a DJ, I set a goal this week that I would wear the skin and win a game. Well, I did. <laughs> if I can find time this week, I wanna actually put this video on YouTube because I recorded the game and I had a lot of fun doing it. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave me a like and subscribe as well if you can. That encourages me to keep producing podcasts every week. I've realized this week that the vast amount of content that we've been producing between newsletter, 
talks, podcast, articles that I've written, and even Twitter uh, is, is too much. <laughs> I absolutely love talking about this stuff, but I'm probably going to have to cut back a little bit on the amount of content that we're producing. We're also building out a really, really robust training program so that we can grow MHC and it's working really well so far. We've got 12 of us working on analyzing sites and we've got enough demand for our work that we probably could double that number. And as much as I want to grow the business, I want to do it right. We've got a really good thing going here in trying to understand what it is that Google values and translating that into actionable advice for our clients. But it's not easy growing a business, especially during a pandemic, staying on top of everything important that Google's changed and keeping the rest of the SEO world updated on these changes is more than a full-time job. I absolutely love this stuff, but I also recognized this week that I need to slow down a little bit. My team and I are meeting this week to try and figure out what that's going to look like, but we may have a little bit less content in the future. If you're interested in reaching out to my team and I, you can contact us at help at mariehaines.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings.